0: Good morning, Debbie. Good morning, Kendall. How are you today? I feel pretty great. You know, it's been um, it's been a, a kind of a fragile couple weeks uh, for me. I don't know. I think maybe for the whole country. Mm-hmm. I think people are just feeling all kinds of. There's just a lot to feel, you know. And so, it's a little fragile, but I also feel uh, really good and blessed. And. I'm always glad to be at our home base, Lighthouse Spiritual Center in Morristown. Yeah, home base. Yeah, and your
1: sands crutches today.
0: So that's good. Yeah, I I almost threw those crutches out off the out the window on the interstate the other day. I'm telling you, by the t- you use crutches and if your armpits weren't already, a, you know. You already had a problem in another part of your body, and now your armpits are about to dislocate. Everything up here is about to separate because of the crutches. Yeah, because of the pain and the tender skin. Yeah, so I was over those almost as soon as as they started. (laughs) But, you know, today, um, episode 43, I think that I'm really excited about the show because we have a community of women around us on Spiritual Charlotte, but also at Lighthouse, who just do so much important internal work, you know, for people. Mm-hmm. A lot of healing work and and um, giving people holistic options to manage their lives. And um, and obviously, all that bleeds into the whole mind, body, spirit, um, overall wellness. And so our guest today, who is a doula, among other titles, we're going to introduce her, Um I would say that in the Lake Norman area and even in the Charlotte area or Statesville area or the surrounding areas that Rebecca Doerr, who's uh, going to be with us on the show today, is probably going to be the mama support that you need if you are pregnant or considering becoming pregnant or have just had a child or multiple children. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole different type of guest than we've had on the show in the past.
1: Very different. But we are really blessed that she has chosen to office at a lighthouse. Yes. So she's with us.
0: She is with us, yes. And we are with her. And, um, you know, we have a friend who's come on the podcast, Kate Allison. Mm -hmm. And Kate Allison, I think in her former life, really did a lot of doula work. uh, And she and Rebecca um, you know, have some relationship together. And I would venture to say that Kate would probably send, um, some of her people over to Rebecca at this stage, if not most of them. So, um, I love when there's these kind of this net of connections mm-hmm. where we have one woman who's doing amazing work who says, Hey, and now I recommend this woman yeah. and so forth. So, yeah. Yeah, and we don't mean to leave the men out. We said this whole month was going to be about men, but, you know, we couldn't help it. We wanted to go ahead and squeeze this one in. So <laughs> um, so before we get started and bring Rebecca onto the show, um, can you just let us know a little bit about what's happening at
1: Lighthouse this month? Yeah, I'll just give um, give our listeners just a quick rundown of what's on the calendar this month. Um, all the information is on our website Um, for more details, but just real quickly, we do have mindfulness and meditation for children on Tuesdays. We have mindfulness and meditation for adults on Thursday evenings. We have spiritual fellowship on Sunday mornings. Um, on the second Tuesday, no second Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, I don't know. Uh, Anyway. Okay. So (laughs) let me say it this way. October 11th. Okay, good. uh, We have Grief Circle and Compassion Experience, and those are in the evening. On the 14th, we have Light Language Sound Darshan. On the 21st, we have two workshops here in-house. We have a Soul Collage Workshop, and our guest today, Rebecca Adore, is also um, hosting a Prenatal Toolkit um, workshop for the ideal birth experience so this will um she's got all kinds of uh tips and information to share about self-care and support and nutrition and all kinds of things that can help you pre during and post pregnancy um october 25th we have a soulful business powwow for entrepreneurs
0: yay yay uh did i sound excited about that <laughs> too. That, that was more like a like i was about to pass out sorry
1: <laughs> We have a lot on the calendar this month. Yes. October 28th, we have a vision board workshop. October 29th, we have a love addiction workshop. And then in November, just real quickly, we have our 1111. That's November 11. We have a spiritual bazaar. So there are a lot of things happening here at Lighthouse. And lots of ways to interact and kind of put your toe in the water with us.
0: Yes, it is a big month, and that's kind of what happens in fall, isn't it? Right when October hits, so everybody gets excited to just go out and do. Mm-hmm. So our website LighthouseSpiritualCenter.com, dot com and spiritual charlotte is the sister project, the labor of love that um, that is connected to lighthouse spiritual center. So, um, is that it for lighthouse? Mm-hmm. Cool. You know. I want to go ahead and talk about Rebecca Door as if she's not here. She is here. Even baby. though we all know she's sitting here
1: in the room with us.
0: <laughs> Look, you know, you have to... I guess we could just go ahead and be transparent. It's a like radio always... mystery theater. We really need, like, that
1: sound effect for the door creaking open when we introduce her and bring her in the room. <laughs> yeah, the foot clumping. You know what would be
0: funny? If we started asking people to wear, like, different types of shoes and just come in, like, what if it was, like, flip-flops one time and next time it was, like, roller skates and next time – I don't know. That's a little dramatic. But, yeah, it is like that. We need sound effects. We It, it makes it – you know, we're – we just sort of do as we go, and there's a little bit of, like, fly by the seat of your pants. Really, there's a lot of that, and I'm trying to act like we're more grown up than we are, but let's just face it. No, forget <laughs> it. Who cares? No. <laughs> so, but let me do talk about Rebecca for a minute because um, she is not only a certified labor doula, but she's also a postpartum doula, which there's definitely a difference that we're going to learn about today and um, and how they come together, and then she's an integrative nutritionist. And she's also the mother of, uh, four girls, which I think is the story in and of itself. Um, two of those are twins. So, and she has, um, given natural birth to all of her children. So I just think that there is a whole lot of wisdom going on, uh, in Rebecca's world in terms of how she's able to support other women through all of this. Um... And the nutrition piece, um, is not just for people in pregnancy, um, but although I think that that is a really beautiful part of her work, so, you know, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about, we're going to share some birth stories, and we're going to talk about, um, what all this means, because, you know, I don't know about you, Debbie, but whenever I gave birth, um, to my son, you know, I knew that about doulas, and I knew that there were midwives, and, um... At that time, I think there might have been, maybe, maybe I was I was having to pay independently, maybe for those services then. Where I lived, there was not a good integrated system for that, and I just wasn't able to do that at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I don't even know that there weren't integrative s- services set up. I think that I was just a young kind of naive mother really scared trying to trying to work my way through all that Mm
1: -hmm. did you know about doulas when you were i had no clue i was in key west at the time i had no clue about anything other than mainline medicine yeah yeah so and it was not the most pleasant experience
0: no nor was mine nor was mine so i'm so glad that we can talk about this Mm -hmm. resource because As we have joked about before we started the show, I mean, you can be impacted um, spiritually and soulfully impacted by a birth experience that has caused um, trauma. Did not end up how you wanted it to. I think the body can can hold on to that for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And not to mention just the memories. Uh, It's funny, you know. We were saying, "Oh my gosh, we're going to do this show. We're going to start. We're going to be crying all over the place." I was like, "Yeah, we probably will be because as women." that experience is the most intense, mm-hmm. you know, and it, mm-hmm. it's not going to just dissolve into thin air once the moment's over. So, so without further ado, as pretending she's walking in the door now, I wish I had sound effects. Like,
1: there she goes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Rebecca. Rebecca, Thank you.
1: <laughs>
2: she's like, are these? <laughs> I'm pretending I'm sitting down right now. Yes.
0: Okay. Thank you. Oh. You have to act it out like yes. we're playing. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, you're probably also like, God, can you guys wrap it up? Because it always no. feels like the person sitting here for like 20 minutes while we while we do this. So, Rebecca, tell us, um, obviously, you know, we've said that you're, you're obviously out of Lighthouse now. And yes. you're kind of just now um, really getting all this together um, out of our building at the very least. But mm-hmm. under your um, birth services, you talk about... The labor doula services, you talk about the sibling doula services. Yes. Um, postpartum doula services and placenta um, processing.
1: And so mm-hmm.
0: I kind of want to start at the top and see if you can just like tell us what all that is. Right. Okay. Yeah. Can
2: we start with what a, just a, a doula, doula is? Doula in general. A yeah. uh, doula is basically someone that gives, um, traditionally gives the mom... Um, support, either during labor or after labor, um, during postpartum. Um, now it's kind of because the father or the partner takes on such a greater role in modern times, mm-hmm. um, the doula really supports them both as a couple through the whole process.
0: So what is the, um, what is the, you know, knowing that you're going to go into I don't know, you might be in a hospital, you might not be in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Let's say, for example, that you're going to be birthing a child, like, at a birth center or a hospital. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there's nurses and all that around. How is a doula, like, fit, what is the gap that she's filling in there?
2: Um, I... Doulas work one-on-one with the couple to make sure that the mom can stay focused and not feel overwhelmed and kind of stay in tune with what's going on in the room Mm -hmm. because giving birth and going through labor can be such a surreal experience. It's almost like you're Mm -hmm. in a dream world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you can really get lost. Things stop making sense. And so a doula is that voice of reason and reminds the mom to breathe, um, to move around, to try going to the bathroom. Um, or also if there's an active partner in the room, the doula basically talks through them. You know, yeah. See if she needs to go to the bathroom, see if she wants to do this, you know? And, and so it's, um, you know, you want to make sure that they're having, this is their time. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that it's all about them. Not you taking care of them. So um, there's that. And then there's also, especially in the hospital setting, there can be a lot of technical words thrown around, mm-hmm. um, not to the new parents, but just in general to each other, to the doctor, whatever. And so the doula is familiar with all of these terms and what's going on so that they can then keep the parents informed and explain, you know, what the nurse or doctor meant when they said this or, you know, whatever might be going on. So
1: Wow. Yeah, I could have used all that. Oh yeah. yeah. I totally could have used all mm-hmm. that. Oh
0: yeah. Well, because I remember that feeling of um well first of all, you if you're first time mother, you've you've never gone through this. You have no no comparison, no no thing to judge it against. And I remember moments of of yeah the overwhelm the freezing right. mm-hmm. just a total like freezing and seizing up mm-hmm. and the overwhelm and the you don't even know you don't know what you need you don't know how to communicate mm-hmm. what you need mm-hmm. right you're managing uh, amazing pain levels sometimes uh versus the energies of people versus the medic i mean it is unbelievable um, how much support is needed? So, so if a person is not, let's say, they're not going to um, birth in a hospital or a birthing center, maybe they're going to birth at home. Mm-hmm. Is the is the role of the doula pretty similar there? Does it take on also added
2: um, added things? It's similar, but in a more supportive environment because um, a midwife. Especially when there's not other births going on. The midwife is just there for that mom, that birth. There's not mm-hmm. much going on for them. So they will get more attention from the midwife at home rather than if it's at a birth center or at a hospital. Um, but the doula does work closely with the midwife um, to support in the same way, you know, to make sure everything is comfortable temperature, lighting, everything, you know, um, but it's definitely, I would say kind of easier at home Mm -hmm. for the doula because the parents are more comfortable Mm -hmm. and things are just, it's, the energy is just so much calmer.
0: Mm. What is the difference between the midwife and the doula? Does one do something Mm -hmm. that the other does not do? Yes.
2: Okay. The midwife is all about the medical end some people say they're like the the waist down you know so they're all the medical um and monitoring the mother monitoring the baby making sure everything is running smoothly um and then helping with the actual um birth i would say you know being there to catch quote the baby Mm -hmm. but at the same time many dads or partners are doing that now so Mm -hmm. you know but to be the medical end and then the doula is for the top half for encouragement and comfort there's a lot of massage and touching going on because you know touching releases and endorphins natural stress um, pain relieving Mm -hmm. hormones Mm -hmm. Um, and you know making sure um, that everything else is as comfortable as possible
1: yeah keeping keeping the stress
2: levels right as low Mm -hmm. as possible for the mother and there for the baby as Mm well and 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 even like i said for a home birth it's not the case but in a birth center or hospital even if you do have a midwife mm -hmm. they have other moms giving birth at the same time probably they're in and out of the room they're not going to be there the entire time where a doula will be you know, except for maybe a a few minutes to go to the restroom or something, the doula pretty much stays there with the mom the entire time.
1: Okay.
0: What is like the, I know that there's this gorgeous history of women like Mm -hmm. playing these roles forever. Yeah. And that there's a really convoluted kind of medical history Mm -hmm. that comes into play with all this and. Um, I remember before I had my child that I watched all these documentaries about that. Yeah. And it became, like, extremely important to me to try to have this natural labor.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, in my case, that wasn't able to happen, and there was really a lot of physical trauma um, and problems at, 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 the, at my labor time. But I remember being completely connected to this history, right? And mm-hmm. everything about it made sense. Women have been doing this since the beginning of time and tribal cultures. It's still done this way. Mm-hmm. We are reintegrating it back into North America and wherever else. Can you talk to us a little bit about that history? Because I know um, that you probably yeah. really care about that subject. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's
2: really uh, an important an important aspect. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, like you said, traditionally there was always... The there were no doctors there. If there was a midwife, it was um, it was really just a sister or a friend. Um, the mothers uh, were there. You know, it was very female oriented, and the mom was really pampered and taken care of in every way um, by these women and um, just slowly through the years, the, um, it happened kind of differently in different parts of the world, but it became very medical and it, the women were not looked at as being able to do this because what if this happens? And that is a lot of scare tactics and the doctor had to do it. Um, it went so far to the point where the moms were actually put to sleep, usually with ether, and the babies were literally pulled out of them um, and that was up until recently like the 60s and mid 70s um, so it definitely went to an extreme um, over about uh, uh, not even for very long for about a hundred and fifty years or so mm-hmm. um, it got very extreme much more male oriented medical oriented um, but I would say in the late 60s, a few women started kind of catching on and, um, and more so in the 70s, like when um, my sister was born in 72 and my mom was all natural. She was in the hospital, she did have a male doctor, but she was not knocked out and her friends could not understand why. She didn't want to be knocked out, but she did it all natural and the same with me. And, um, you know, it's just slowly progressing quicker in some places in the country than others, but it's definitely um, coming back, I think, to its roots and being more acceptable to have births in birth centers or even at home, so.
1: What a beautiful thing that, that birthing is something that happens through the woman's body and for other women to support and guide Mm-hmm. that part of the journey for her because they know it firsthand. Um, enabling the woman to receive in a different level while she's giving birth. Yes. But receiving all that, the love and the support and mm-hmm. that energy. It just, you know, when you were talking about that, I, it was just um, kind of dumbfounding to hear hear how birthing became
2: very masculine. It became like yeah. a
1: man's job to to I don't know to it
2: actually just, birth the baby for the woman yes! like the woman didn't have the power yes! to do this what yeah yeah mm-hmm. not only the
0: power or the woman just didn't know how to do it or it right. didn't have the innate which is an incredible
1: like or exerting control the man was exerting control I mean I guess there's a different ways of looking at it but just
0: what an incredible like malinformed misinformed mm-hmm. horrible. <laughs> everything about that is like against like creation do you know Mm -hmm. what i mean i remember seeing the documentaries and it was like it was like the doctor being like now don't you worry your pretty little heart out and they'd like knock the woman out right and do this process which no mammal on earth would ever like that doesn't happen and rip the baby take the baby out and then the woman wake up and be like like okay it's all over with now and like just like fix your makeup and get pretty again for everybody to come in the room mm-hmm. everything about that is like mm-hmm. contrary mm-hmm. to like all of the deepest things about creation and mind body spirit connection mm-hmm. <laughs> so many women have gotten disconnected from their bodies oh my gosh yeah. well you know um i can imagine as a doula that that topic could really, like, you could really go ape on that topic. Like, you could, like you yeah. could go so far mm-hmm. into that topic that you'd be like, okay, I have to be so careful because there's so many different types of births and so many different types right. of labors, and we don't, you know, you wouldn't want to make anyone, but, but there is certainly a history there that right. I'm so thankful that there has been, like, a, that women have come back to make a correction mm-hmm. to it, right?
2: Right. Well, you know, like I said, the one of the things the doula does is kind of explain to the parents, you know, what the nurses and doctors are talking about in a way that they can understand. But they, we also um, usually before the labor and everything, before you're in that intense environment, we explain the um, like more evidence based reasons Mm -hmm. why you know, doctors might say, okay, they have to do this instead of that, or, you know, why things might change in that environment, okay. you know, going to the evidence, because there are, unfortunately, a lot of scare tactics, and the doctor just decides, you know, well, this is how this should be, so we have to do this now, right. or your baby will, you know, whatever. And so the doula is there <laughs> and understands what she's listening to and what she's what's going on, And um, usually there's a conversation beforehand, so the doula can just say, Remember when we talked about this, you know, and just let them think about it a little bit. And then, of course, the parents always have control. They can say, Mm -hmm. Well, let's wait on that, Mm -hmm. or Yes, let's do that, you know, but at least they have more of an educated response than just being nervous in a high energy situation. And mm-hmm. kind of approving everything that is thrown at them.
1: Yeah, you're a birthing interpreter. Yes. So yeah, so I mean that alleviates stress too. For, it does for people who who maybe are still need to want to you know have the birthing in the hospital or with mm-hmm. the doctor if that's been part of their care or how they can afford to have, have this happen. You're helping hold that space in a in support as well as through education.
2: Right. Um, Yeah, definitely. A lot of it is educating, for sure, especially for the new mom that has never, sometimes Mm -hmm. has never been to the hospital since Mm -hmm. they were born, Mm -hmm. you know, has no experience Mm -hmm. in any, you know, what do I do when I get to the hospital, Mm -hmm. you know, like all the basics, you know, you can really prepare them in everything. Um, And that helps them stay calm through the whole experience and then be able to have you know, a more satisfying birth experience. But then there are times where, yeah, the doctor says, all right, we have to go, um, you know, the the heart rate is dropping, we have to go in for the C-section, it's an emergency. And in which case, you know, you have to, as the doula, know when it's time to explain what's going to happen to the mom, not explain, you know, well, here are your choices. Right. No, there's no choices sometimes, you know, yeah. it's mm-hmm. okay. They're going to start preparing you. They're going to roll you down the hallway. They're going to, and you know, talk them through what they're about to experience because you know, the nurses don't have time to stop right. and and do that. It's, right. you know, let's get everything unhooked. We're going to roll her down, you know? And so, you know, they're yeah. that transition. And sometimes even the doula is allowed in for C-section to be in there as well um, to help the parents stay calm and understand everything that they're going through. It, yeah. So that depends a lot on the hospitals and, you know, what they allow, but. Oh
0: my gosh.
1: That's just, uh, that's incredible.
0: Yeah. And, and the fact that sometimes a doula can be present in a C-section too. Yeah. So, you know, I have to, so as you're talking and I'm thinking about the, the, my own situation, you know, having watched all those documentaries and being very much wanting to do that natural birth process. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now I have my water break in the morning and um, my personal life had, was probably at the most stressful it has ever been. It was really unideal circumstances. And so already I was living in just, it was, it was, it was the most stressful my life has ever been, unrelated to that I was about to have a baby. And I remember when the water broke and, and between that and headed, heading to the hospital, that because of the documentaries I had seen and the desire to do that, I waited 12 hours to get um, any type of. I waited till I couldn't wait anymore to do the pain medication, and with the with the epidural, even after that point, I was holding so steadfast to what I the horror stories that I had heard about about doctors pressuring you into Mm c-section or there's a reason the hospital does this it's a financial reason you know a lot of these things that i did i didn't know how to make heads or tails of but i always kind of go on the side of like more the conspiracy Mm -hmm. (laughs) so so i was holding on like for dear life because i didn't want to be a victim of like the conspiracy right Mm -hmm. and so 20 hours in um with uh my body, I think, from stress and lack of support, would not dilate past the four centimeters and mm-hmm. could have been other physiological reasons. But, and, And so I became uh, a mother who now my body was becoming toxic with infection. My baby's body was becoming toxic. The heart rate was serious trouble. Mm -hmm. And I remember my doctor saying to me, finally, she like really was able just to get me with her. Because, of course, I'm trying not to really get with her because I don't want her to push me to do something. And she had three children herself, and for whatever her reasons were, they were all through C-section, and she just kind of held me directly and said, tell me why, because we're really, we're getting to a point where there's no choice. Mm -hmm. This is now an emergency. And I just, you know, like, burst out. I just watched all these documentaries, and I know, you know, and I just laid it all out for her, and it was, and I can imagine her looking at me, you know, and I'm in my, I think I had just turned 30, but I was probably behaving like I was 17. And finally she was just like, you know, honey, I understand all that, but we don't have a choice anymore. Like we're at a really, but if I had had a doula to say, okay, looking at the whole situation now, we're 12 hours in, we're 16 hours in, a trusted relationship with Mm -hmm. that doula, something where I knew she was my advocate, Mm -hmm. then I think that experience would have been very different. Yeah, You know? Mm Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, it's one of those things of like, well, I'm glad I was in a hospital that could handle the emergency, but I wonder if we would have even gotten to the emergency Mm -hmm. had I had doula support the whole time, Mm -hmm. right? Pre, during the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Do you relate to that kind of story?
2: Yeah, um, definitely. Well, I mean, you know, the, the first thing that comes to mind listening to your story is just, you know, no matter how the birth happens it's a birth and you end up with your new little baby and it really you know it might not be what you had planned but Mm. it's ultimately you know it had a happy ending you know yeah Um, and I think that a lot of moms when I when I'm talking with um, expectant women who are so headstrong and having this natural birth I do bring up in just one of our prenatal visits really casually so it's no stress but just to be you know have an open heart to whatever the experience brings you yeah because it's um it can definitely make uh, possibly a tough situation, more tough if you're fighting it with your soul, you know. Right, <laughs> You, right. you, you want to be able to still, you know, breathe through it and be aware of, you know, any, any minute. Each minute comes closer to you holding your baby. Yeah. You know, no matter what that experience of getting there is. And so if you can just, like, have an accepting heart of whatever experience you have Mm -hmm. it makes it a little bit smoother and um less stressful and you know the the less stress you have in that situation the better for you know medically and spiritually and everything you know it won't raise your heart rate and you know increase your blood pressure and everything so yeah in every way
0: I think women also don't realize that that nurturing mm-hmm. that is available through a doula, they don't even know that in their normal lives. Right. Like we are so connected from disconnected from being nurtured at that level. Mm-hmm. We, we no longer live in these tiny little communities where all the women in our family are together a lot of the time. And that woman to woman, I am going to take care of you now and I'm going to support you can be completely foreign forget about just Mm -hmm. the birthing thing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. so it's like opening yourself up to really some very old ways that have been buried, Mm -hmm. um, which is really sad, you know, which makes a doula feel like an angel on the earth, to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, wow. You know, I, my friend, to give an example of that, um, a friend that I have down in Charleston, um, went to uh, Dubai uh, in a, to head over to some islands that were in that area. and she went into the spa, and this is when she was not pregnant. And she went into the spa and had this experience where these, this group of older women um, physically bathed her and washed her hair on this marble slab and like seriously like turned the tables on like, you know what? You do nothing. Like, as these older women, we're going to, like, bathe you in this bath. We're going to wash your hair. And when she described this to me, I was just like, why are we missing this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In real life, birth experience. And I'm thinking, like, who does not need that? And how much stronger and more capable would women know? What more truths will we know about ourselves if we had that? Mm-hmm. Because that innate power, there's just like no power more powerful than a right. woman becoming a mother. Mm-hmm. A woman, period. A woman becoming a mother, bringing creation into the planet. Hello. <laughs> it doesn't get more powerful than that. How many births have you been a part of at this point?
2: I don't no. Um, well, <laughs> I mean, I heard, obviously, yeah. by the end um, of life, it will
0: be yeah. many Um starts.
2: It's. Hmm. I mean, I really waited for my kids to be old enough that I can be on call twenty four seven. So I've I've been a doula about three or four years. Okay. And um, and also, I, I work a little differently than most doulas in that I I don't. I don't want conflicting births. I, when I sign up with someone, I want to be the person at their birth. I don't want uh, backup to show up, you know, because we have a connection and we've spent time to build this relationship. And so I want to be there for them. And so I don't like double book or anything. Like I literally take one mom per month. They have a three week um, opening before their forty weeks, and then I. Usually give two weeks after their due date because then you know they have to are they're usually induced if they don't go into labor on their own by like forty one and a half weeks Um, and so I have that huge window and I don't take any other birth clients within that time. Nice.
0: Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Vacation. Yeah, we don't get those guarantees anymore.
2: Yeah, even you know with doctors it can be anyone in that. Uh, mm-hmm. practice mm-hmm. you know and so to have a familiar face mm-hmm. I think is really important mm-hmm. so
1: or who's in the hospital on call that day Yeah,
2: exactly exactly in. so yeah that's really important to me to give that to them
1: well what you're doing is it's the relationship mm-hmm. it's, and so to then sever that at the high point mm-hmm where critical mass is
2: happening. It's like, yeah. Oh, no. I don't want the yeah. stranger to come in, oh, hi, Rebecca's busy, so I'm your doula today in, yeah. in the middle of the labor. No. Yeah, well, Rebecca went to Hawaii. So yeah. yeah
1: remove- it removes one of the most important components of what you do.
2: Right, exactly.
1: Well, And,
0: exactly. It, and it's like cutting the cord
2: mm-hmm.
0: before cutting the cord, mm-hmm. which is trauma. Yeah. That's just like I just now saw that kind of weird – so, can you, can you tell us a little bit, like, your own birth journeys with, um, with your girls? Mm-hmm. Can you, did, they, did those inform, like, that you wanted to do this work?
2: Yeah, well, um, when, when I first got pregnant with my first baby, I didn't know about doulas. I didn't even know midwives were still a thing. Um, I was seeing a female doctor um because i thought that would make me feel more comfortable but uh during one of my checkups i was walking down to the room and i literally passed her in like a three foot wide hallway and she just walked by me like she had no idea who i was and i was like oh i don't like that you know it really turned me off and um And then I don't remember if it was that visit or another one, but I was asking her some technical things about if she does this or that like during the birth, and I didn't like her answers. And so I was just kind of like, oh, what am I going to do now? And within that same time, I was at of all places, a bicycle shop with my husband and they had like a community magazine next to the register. And I was just flipping through it as he was talking all about his bicycle or whatever. And there was a little uh, ad for a local birth center with two midwives. And I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) And so I I called them (laughs) and I wanted to, I was talking to them about giving birth at their birth center. But um, they were like, why don't you just do it at home? I guess they did more home births than at their birth center. And this was in Florida, so it was kind of a different atmosphere than here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, And so I decided with their support to have a home birth. And meanwhile, my mom was gonna come down from New York um, when she kind of sensed I was about to have my baby. And she did get there in time. And my husband, the entire pregnancy said, I'm not gonna be there for you. I'm not gonna be in the room. I'm not comfortable with it (laughs) and that's that. And in the back of my head was like, oh, he'll be there, it'll be okay. And he wasn't, (laughs) he was not in the room at all. I was in my bedroom, he was in the living room. Uh, The midwives uh, came in, they would kind of tag team. There were two of them and they would come in and check on me. A little bit uh, every couple of hours. Um, Other than that, and even my mom was out in the living room. Like I was basically in the bedroom alone. um, And MTV was on the TV, and I don't know why, but when you're in the middle of labor, you don't know what's bothering you, sort of. And this TV was just on. And I had my dog. My dog was there next to me on the bed. Of course your dog would be there. And (laughs) she knew. She knew what was going on. She was taking care of me. But that's all I had. (laughs) And I actually stalled, um, I think it was at six centimeters for a very long time. um, Hours, like through the night. And um, finally I did start progressing again. And... um, I had my baby girl, and it was a totally beautiful experience. My, I, By the time it was time to push her out, the midwives and my mom were there. My husband still did not want to come in. Um, but I did have support during that, and it was just a really great experience. And I remember being really excited to have just the experience of birth, knowing what labor feels like, knowing what it's like to push out a baby, knowing what it's like to nurse that baby. I was really excited. And she actually came two weeks early. And I think it's just because I was so, I had nothing holding me back. Mm -hmm. I was all in. Mm -hmm. And so she ended up coming early. And um, so that was my first baby who is now 14. And then four and a half years later I had twins and um that was a different experience um i did hire a doula and i had two midwives um one was the one of the original ones from my first daughter um she had never delivered twins before so she helped me find another midwife that did have experience delivering twins Mm -hmm. at her birth center and so i did that the idea of going to a hospital never occurred to me. I was not, I don't feel like being pregnant is anything medical. And the idea of going to a hospital to give birth didn't make sense to me. Um, so I was more comfortable going to the birth center or being at home. And I. Um, so I basically, um, I didn't realize it was, I think now being 42 years old, I might have had, I have different opinions of what I would do with twins. But at that point, that's what I was comfortable with. And that's what I was doing. And they were both head down. They were in perfect position to give natural birth. And I was really into my nutrition at that point. And so like the waters never broke. Like they have Mm. to actually pop them, which is almost unheard of with twins Mm. because just the two babies and all the pressure and everything, um, you know, that's usually what happens and why you go into early labor with twins. But these twins, usually twins are due at 38 weeks. Mine came at 39 and a half. So they were late for twins and they were huge. So one of them was eight pounds, three ounces, and the other was six pounds, 13 ounces. So that was 15 pounds of baby in all. And they were big. Yeah, they were big babies. And um, I was huge, but um, (laughs) that's beside the point. But I mean, it was a really nice, relaxing sort of experience. And my second birth went really fast. I was in labor for maybe five hours or something before having them. So... I think I, I was just lucky that I found those two midwives, you know, in that bike shop in that magazine before having my first. It just kind of set me up for mm-hmm. having some really great experiences.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, and I love that you said, because I know people will misunderstand this, that, that that birthing is not a medical experience. but but mm-hmm. birthing is not a me- it's not like you've been, it's not an injury. Right. It's not
2: a disease. There are situations, of course, that do need more Mm -hmm. medical attention. Right. Mm -hmm. The majority um, don't really. Um, Maybe more than I chose. Like during the twin pregnancy, I didn't see a doctor at all. Mm -hmm. I saw my midwife. Mm -hmm. I did go for regular visits, Mm -hmm. but I didn't get ultrasounds. You know, these days, especially for doctors, you get an ultrasound possibly at every visit. And I got one at 21 weeks, which is when I found out I was having twins, and that was it. I didn't have another one. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's it's about finding your comfort level mm-hmm. and what you want to do for your experience, which is different for everyone. There is no right or wrong, you know. Right. Um, it's about being comfortable and keeping stress levels down and just, you know, going with... Whatever experience unfolds,
0: mm. Debbie, what are you th- what are you thinking about? Are you are you are you back at your birth experience, or <laughs> are you just like swooning in the it's insane love that is doula world? Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm um, I'm swooning. Kind of what you talked about, the comment that you made, Kendall, about it not being a medical experience. It was kind of what I, I was hearing the same thing. I kind of latched onto that too. That it's a natural biological function. Right. It, in it when it when it goes the way it's supposed to it's a natural biological function is how I hear that. Like
2: mm-hmm.
1: going to the bathroom, like breathing, like all you mm-hmm. know, it's it's something that the body in a perfect world knows how to do.
2: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I totally
1: understand there are definitely circumstances that require medical care, so it's not to discount that. Right. Um and I I totally had my birth that way. You know, I had Um, Epidural, And I had, Mm -hmm. you know, I just, I had the very, what our culture considers the standard birthing process. And it was really scary for me because Mm -hmm. nurses were just coming in and out of the room and checking real quick and, you know, looking at things and then saying two words. And and then I'm out again because I'm on an epidural and then I'm flashing in pain and then they're in and out with the doctor. And it's just kind of like, I was very confused Mm -hmm. and my husband didn't know what to do. He was just sitting there in the chair next to me and watching me writhe in pain and he didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So a doula would have been a beautiful thing mm-hmm. to help us with that process. Yeah, to feel mm-hmm. more connected, to feel more in control, to feel more right. calm, to, to um, have a better understanding. I mean, for both of us, mm-hmm. the
0: mother and the father. Right. Well, and I think sometimes you can start to get ushered down a path that you're kind of just you're you're a you're a you're a passenger instead of the driver, and which is very disempowering, right? Mm-hmm. So, um talking about like the journey doesn't actually obviously start on that day it Mm -hmm. starts even before you get pregnant and then the whole pregnancy and but you know i found out early on that i had one umbilical artery and that that was going to put me in in the high risk Mm -hmm. category of course now you have the high risk label and so now every ultrasound is a 3d ultrasound and we don't know what it's going to mean that you have the one umbilical artery and then So you're having, you're in the high risk, they put you on a high risk path where now you're a passenger on the high risk path. Mm -hmm. And especially as a first time mother. And then um, in my case, when my child came out, he had um, severe uh, heart defect and only had one kidney Mm -hmm. and was jaundiced. But again, you know, my situation had some unique things to it that I think even if those things had been present still still had a heart condition still had one kidney still had to be icu for quite a period of time um some things may have been reduced some of that stuff might have not compiled on top of itself right the condition that i was in stress wise how the baby became stressed how that affected development and so it's kind of one of those when 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 we talk about this this stuff it's kind of one of those things of like I think people try to, like, compartmentalize this process when it's really all, like, so connected. Right. Even to the, the prenatal.
2: hmm
0: Can you talk to us about the prenatal doula part?
2: Um, well, usually for uh, when I meet with a couple for uh, labor doula work, okay. I meet with them two or three times And we just go over what their expectations are, how they're feeling, what to expect, everything like that. You know, it's kind of the education portion. Um, But I also, because I do have, um, because I'm a nutritionist, I also always, you know, ask them how they're doing um, food-wise. Because unfortunately, a lot of women kind of look at uh, pregnancy as a time to let go a little bit free pass. And, yes. And, <laughs> and eat what they want. Yeah. Um, which I mean, you know, I'm all for that, but as just as long as it's not every single meal or every single snack or whatever, because that can definitely lead you down a road you don't want to go. Um, but you know, making sure that they're getting enough, um, healthy fats and protein mm-hmm. are huge. And taking a really good prenatal vitamin that is food based, but at the same time, not depending on that prenatal vitamin for their vitamins and minerals, but making sure they're, you know, make half their plate is vegetables and they're having a few fruits a day. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I go over all of that general well being and nutrition because it all leads to a healthier, stronger, more capable body. It, um, you know, keeps your blood pressure where it should be, keeps inflammation down, mm. everything that down the road could lead to, um, you know, different things like uh, diabetes or preeclampsia, or, you know, whatever, you know, genetically they might be in tune, you know, mm-hmm. too. So, you know, it has a lot to do with environment and genetics, but if you can have the nutrition, you know, dialed in just right um that's really really beneficial it's really powerful and um so i definitely make sure that they are educated in that and it's not it is a prenatal visit i have a whole separate uh uh way of slowly working through nutrition so you know not to overwhelm the person i just kind of give information and they can take it as they please but that definitely um, helps in reaching their their ideal experience, as if all of their their wellness is in order.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what it makes me think about is that in families, mm-hmm. I think that this is part of the problem of maybe misinformed family mythology or family um, what they think of as genetic family things. Mm-hmm. So. You you get stories when you're pregnant. Everybody wants to tell you stories about their own pregnancies, right? Especially right. the women in your family, mm-hmm. and and it's like, well, yeah, I was I I got preeclampsia. Your grandma got preeclampsia. You're gonna get pre, you right. know? Or yeah, I couldn't breastfeed. You know, you're not probably not gonna be able to breastfeed. Your aunt couldn't yeah. breastfeed, mm-hmm. and so you believe this pathology, right? Even though you know, okay. One plus one with nutrition equals two, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, for some reason, you'll buy into the family pathology, I think, often more than you will. Well, one plus one equals two. If these nutrients are present, that makes that stronger. That makes that not part of the family. Isn't that funny how we do that? Mm-hmm. How often do you hear women say yeah. the genetic story? Do you, yeah, do you definitely. get that?
2: Yeah, they they just um, don't think twice about it. There's no altering it, you know, it's been in my family for generations and this is just how it is. But in, in my mind as a integrative and functional nutritionist, it's like, okay, so what nutrients are needed for prevention? And are they absorbing those nutrients properly? Because sometimes, you know, no one is exactly the same. So for example, I know personally that I don't absorb B vitamins very well. Mm. And so I take more B vitamins and I've gone through a protocol of healing my gut so that my gut can absorb as much B vitamins as it can. But then I also take a high dose of B vitamins to give it more opportunity to absorb, you know, and so everyone, and that is genetic. Um, So I've accommodated for it and so that's what women can do in if they know specific um, birth issues run in their family or not being able to nurse properly um, or make enough milk you know runs in their family then you know I can look back and say all right what nutrients are needed for your body to make the right hormones for this Mm -hmm. and um, a lot of the time it's You know, years of eating foods that they are sensitive to or allergic to it really tears up your gut, your the walls of your intestines where nutrients are absorbed, and so then you know it forms leaky gut, and it's you know it takes time to heal, which is why it's usually a good idea to look into these things before you even start trying to get pregnant. You know, make sure everything is optimal. Mm. Um, It of course increases your fertility naturally, um, but it also just will start you down a really really great start to having an entire pregnancy that you can enjoy and not feel uncomfortable or sick, and then a really smooth labor and birth. It all starts from the very beginning.
0: My stomach starts hurting while you're talking about that. It's like it's telling on itself. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to the other thing, though, is, I mean, um, for some, for for many of us, that nutrition conversation just doesn't come naturally. Mm-hmm. It's like we know what we've been taught. We know the basics of health, but some for some reason, it doesn't land. Maybe there's right. just been lifelong behaviors or family behaviors or. Maybe personality-wise, okay, but I'm still more immediate gratification. I mean, my pregnancy was like pizza and chicken wings. I mean, Mm. it was horrendous. Um, What about you? You, I'm sure you didn't even
1: eat what you wanted, right? Well, I mean, it was chicken pasta and, like, zucchini squash and fish just because that's what was readily available and I craved. And then I started in on the the um, little miss debbie donuts <laughs> the powdered yeah. sugar donuts and my husband was like oh no yeah. we're mm-hmm. not going down that road <laughs> he get fat in the bud real fast so but yeah anyway. but nutrition was not i mean i wasn't paying attention to that i was eating what i was craving you know what you're craving right.
0: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's it yeah oh my gosh so and also i'm sitting here like okay uh Whatever workshops you're putting out on nutrition, my butt needs to be in the chair mm-hmm. even today, right? Because it's just an ongoing conversation. Okay. So, you mentioned something about fertility, and I want to ask you about that because you also work with couples who are
2: and individuals yeah. that
0: are, are really struggling with fertility. Mm-hmm. Right. Can you talk about that?
2: Um, well, it's definitely important to. Uh, focus on the couple. Um, a lot of women take it on themselves, like there's something wrong with them and their cycle or something if they can't get pregnant. Um, but that's not the case a lot of the time. Um, and so I work with couples, um, go through everything um, from what they're eating to their lifestyle and everything, like chemicals that are in their life regularly. and. Um, stress levels and sleep quality and everything um, and see, you know, what can be made better and mm. what things do have been shown to de- decrease fertility um, to help increase. Um, men have the um, a huge impact on fertility because they're Constantly recycling their semen, you know, Mm. I mean, it's it's daily. It's like every, you know, few days It's even if they don't ejaculate It's you know things die and it has to be Mm. replenished and you know So that can be a very quick fix if you find what's going on in the men's diet or, you know, what they're wearing or their stress or um, if they're drinking a lot of caffeine or alcohol or whatever, mm-hmm. it can be a relatively quick um, or easy fix. Um, and then for women, it's, you know, we are born with the eggs that we will reproduce with. Um, so, but usually it's not an issue with the eggs, usually it's an issue with the hormone hormonal balance. Oh, wow. Um, and, um, so you know, focusing on the hormones and what nutrients are needed for proper hormone function, and stress is a huge part of this because it influences the endocrine system. Um, and so you know, fixing all of that to be um, healthier, taking out any foods that might that they might have sensitivities to are huge because it takes down inflammation. It just helps things work. More smoothly, if you stop eating foods that um, you're sensitive to. Um, and that can be done through an elimination diet or through testing. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's also, you know, getting specifics also through testing of hormone levels and everything. So I can do all of that along with altering diets, increasing foods that help fertility, decreasing foods that don't. Um, and then stress management and um, improving sleep quality. So, that is pretty much um, really what helps because a lot of infertility is unexplained. You know, you go to a fertility doctor, they do all these tests, they keep track of your cycle, they do all of this. And at the end, where you're hoping for this answer, they say, Okay, you have unexplained infertility. It's like, what is that? You know, what do I do now? And you know, they'll, they can start fertility treatments or they can see someone like me that will work with them naturally to decrease different chemicals in their life, different endocrine disruptors and um, you know, get them on the right track to balancing out their hormones. And even just taking the stress out of trying to get pregnant, they'll get pregnant. You know, the very first thing I say, okay, right now you're going to just stop trying to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Just take these three months and prepare. And usually within those three months, they'll get pregnant. So
1: you you see clients too that aren't trying to necessarily get pregnant? Yes. Okay. So integrative nutrition, like if someone felt that they needed help
0: mm-hmm. in balancing
2: hormones or they were struggling with certain conditions. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I've, I've seen men and women with, for all sorts of different issues, and um, it can be anything. A, a lot of women do have reproductive issues like PCOS or um, endometriosis or something like that, mm-hmm. which I can work with, um, or it could be things just um, allergies. Their allergies are progressively getting worse and uh, they need to do some gut healing protocol and um, work through that, or they just are curious, you know, know, they feel like something's off and they don't really know and they're very health conscious and they don't know what the next step is. Mm -hmm. I've also met with people like that or even just, you know, they want to lose weight or gain weight and, you know, having trouble doing so. So it can be really anything. Yeah.
0: There's like a golden halo forming around your head right now as you're speaking. And I'm also watching like my bank account money like drain out into your purse. (laughs) 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 Well, because, I mean, hello. I mean, do you like work with labs? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Are you able to diagnose something like PCOS?
2: Uh, That's a medical diagnosis, so no, but I can diagnose um, nutritional yeah. Okay.
0: So fascinating. You know, I don't. It's it's almost like the feeling I'm having with this show is it's the topic is too large. Yeah. To like, it is. It's just too large to put in an hour because there's. It's like I almost feel like I know why all these moms groups have formed. I see them all over the internet. I see mm. mothers coming together to try to like support each other mm-hmm. all over social media, um, and even with that many groups that I see on social media, or that many groups that I'm aware of, there's so many women that will never know that this conversation is a possibility, mm-hmm. and and that 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 really makes me so happy that we're bringing it out and that we're going to continue to work to bring it out but but it's like being left in the dark ages Mm -hmm. being left in the dark Mm -hmm. whenever the this process of being a woman and having this ever-changing body and this body that brings creation forward is really a that's in the light so it's just i mean it really it really brings up emotions truly Mm -hmm. do you work with women's um like tr- like there's a couple things I'm thinking about one is do you work with women's trauma around for instance either a birth experience or miscarriage mm-hmm how do you help women as a doula through something like that uh,
2: well as a doula I am a lot of the time just a listening ear um, not someone to when you when you tell a friend or a parent about a traumatic experience they feel like they need to fix it um, or they, um, you know, tell you, "Oh, it'll be okay," you know, and that's not necessarily what a person needs. They need someone to sit and listen and to really hear what you're saying, mm-hmm. and um, just that is huge. Um, and you know, letting them work out what they experienced, which it's usually very useful if I am actually there you know, for the experience that they're working through because um, I've noticed that a lot of their interpretation because of the state of mind you're in mm. when it's happening is, um, you know, I can I can give them the other part of the story that they mm. weren't aware of, you know. Um, I, I have an example, I can't think of the example, it's in the back of my mind, but it was something, you know, the mom was working through her story And I was like, you know, when you were doing that, the nurse was over with the baby and they said something. And they were like, oh, really? Yeah, that was going on. That's what they said happened. Mm. Oh, I didn't know that. And it it makes something in their mind a little bit better, you know, a little bit more okay. Because they had missed some detail of what happened. So, yeah, just talking through it and having that person to listen, an unbiased ear.
0: Mm-hmm. Are there mother support groups that talk about stuff like this?
2: Um, for specifically trauma or for postpartum?
0: Yeah, kind of postpartum, all
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have um, a postpartum support group that meets every second Monday up in the Statesville Hospital. And I am actually currently um, working out something to have here at Lighthouse Mm -hmm. um, for postpartum moms to get together and have that, you know, professional support, but also have just moms coming together and talking about their experiences and what they've learned so far in their, you know, parenting um, journey. So, yeah, I'll... Be doing that here at lighthouse probably once a month or so okay. it'll be a regularly scheduled workshop or meeting
0: yes i think it's so important um and i also i have to say this out loud just to kind of put it out into the ethers but it's like this this sense that i have that if you could somehow work with people who do energetic healing and really go mm-hmm. into the body trauma right. from a, from an intuitive perspective mm-hmm. in those type of appointments I think amazing healing on kind of a very metaphysical, cosmic, intuitive soul level could happen with your facilitation. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, that might seem, you're like, okay, you probably could have told me that off air. But <laughs> 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 I just can't, oh,
2: hold it. Oh, um, it sounds great to me. That sounds amazing.
0: Well, you know, because, yeah, because again, there's, there's these like, ancestors that have held these doorways open for women to be creators Mm -hmm. birthers forever and and when there is healing that is needed there um, how do we get it how do we get it like way way down deep you Mm -hmm. know and um, but I think you know obviously you the services you offer I want to make sure we haven't left anything out um I do want to mention real quick because I just want some clarity for our listeners Mm -hmm. because you talked about sibling doula services and the placenta processing. Can you real Mm -hmm. quick tell us what that
2: means? Sibling doula is basically a doula that um, helps the siblings of the new arrival um, go through the experience as well. So a lot of the times um, parents want the siblings there to experience it but at the same time you know the partner needs to be with the mom and the kids could be pretty young and they can't stay in that room for you know 12 or 15 hours and so a sibling doula can be there to care for the children to play with them hang out with them make sure they eat make sure they sleep Um, but at the same time you know let them know what's going on um, if they walk in and see their mom is uncomfortable or screaming, let them know that this is normal and she's, you know, preparing for their new baby brother or sister to come and, you know, and explain what they're seeing, but then also be able to like take them out and go have fun around the hospital or birth center.
0: <laughs> okay. And how about the placenta processing?
2: Uh, placenta processing. I, um, process placentas. It's kind of what it sounds like. Um, I, I process placentas into capsules and into tinctures. And um, I do it in the client's house in their own kitchen, um, which is comforting, I think, for a lot of people because their placenta never leaves their possession. Oh, yeah. They bring it home. It goes in their refrigerator. I clean the kitchen, process it, clean the kitchen again. They never know I'm there, you know, and it's a pretty quick process. I, I it's two visits that last about up to two hours each visit and then they have their capsules and um, it helps the mom go through and heal um, postpartum it helps their milk come in it supplies them with a lot of iron that they've lost during Mm -hmm. the birth um, and other minerals Um, there are new studies currently coming out because unfortunately up until this year or last year there were no real good studies about placentas and you know encapsulating them in the health benefits and so that's just emerging um but one of the benefits that it has been shown is that it does have um the high iron content so that's really good for you know a smooth healing process and not getting stuck
1: i'd never heard of such thing. That's amazing. Learn something yeah. new every That's day. amazing. Are you are you
0: kind of wondering if you can take someone else's placenta no, capsule? No, 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 no. No, usually
2: yours is just the perfect fit for, for you. Me. Yeah, yeah, no. yes. Yeah.
1: You're like, no, I was not. I thought you were gonna ask me if I was thinking about getting pregnant again, and that was like a no as well. <laughs> <I'm> like, no.
0: <laughs>
1: just so I could do that. No.
0: Um, before we tell people how they get in touch with you mm-hmm. and all that. I just have to know, do you feel like you were born to do this?
2: Yeah, I do. My mom always said that she thought I would be a nurse, but that's because she was a nurse. Um, But this was like kind of, um, this is what made sense to me in my lifestyle and my beliefs. This Mm -hmm. is, yeah, but definitely to care for other women. And I'm very comfortable around babies and newborn babies and helping support moms, you know that first breastfeeding experience can be like really scary mm-hmm. and I'm completely comfortable in that environment. I'm completely comfortable in medical environments and like not being part of that team, but being part of the support team. Mm-hmm. It just feels right.
0: It feels right to us, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah I think it's in all women really. I think. It Cause it's that caretaking and you know it's yeah very natural.
0: And even so, I remember, you know, not being sure how to hold my new baby. And the fr- mm. and the first time my baby was ever hurt physically was because of an accident that was from,
2: you yeah. know, Eli- like
0: me ramming
2: his head into a door frame on That's accident. really common. <laughs> yes. And moms need to know that. It is really common. We I mean, walk him through a door and be like, oh, <laughs> <Yes>. your head.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> So, you know, I'm glad we can laugh around the subject, and there's just, it's such an abundant thing to talk about, and I know that that we'll come up with other excuses Mm -hmm. to talk about more things, but I, um, there's definitely an archetype going on with you, Rebecca, that's like the medicine woman coming out of the red tent, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, um, there's a book called The Birth House. Have you ever read it? No. No okay it's coming to you yeah i'm I'm sending that your way but it is that whole that whole thing of like some people are just made to to do this and usher other Mm -hmm. women forward in this way of nurturing them and and bringing these babies into the world and i think it's a very divine appointment so if i had a magic wand just for dramatic effect i would like tap you on the head and be like how does it feel Mm -hmm. to be having a divine appointment (laughs) Thank you so much. Welcome. Thank you. You know we're so goofy; we just can't help it. Um, tell us before we check out: how do people find you? um, Contact you? All that.
2: Um. Well, like we mentioned, I'm here at Lighthouse Spiritual Center, and my website is mindfulfamilywellness.com. Um. Yeah, and that's it. On my website, I have an events page that basically gives you a list of different, you know, workshops and classes that I have coming up, so.
0: And they can email you or call the number that you have on your website? Yeah, all okay. the
2: contact info is on the website. The email is info at mindfulfamilywellness.com, so it's pretty basic, and um, yeah. Wonderful. And there's a link to your website from the Lighthouse website as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah
0: thank you so much thank you for being here thank
1: you for having me
0: important big message yeah so um we will continue the month of october with um our male guest because that was the commitment that we made and um i think our next one is going to be on uh the urantia book we're having thomas orjada come on and Mm -hmm. talk about this kind of like masterpiece work um that people are studying all over the world and that's i think that's it for this wednesday i think so Enjoy your week, and we will um, be back next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Bye, everybody.